Hey everyone, Dan Gavazdan here. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy during this very strange time. Already, I've heard from so many of you who've reached out to express your joy that the Amazing Spider Talk show will be continuing through our collective quarantine. It's amazing to me how valuable normal things become during times of crisis like this. For me, normal is best represented by talking with Mark about Spider-Man and my weekly trips to my local comic shops, buying new comics each Wednesday and digging through back issue bins each weekend, hoping to fill in holes in my various B-title collections. But my local comic shop experience wouldn't be anything without the many wonderful people who frequent the shops and the staff who manage the stores week after week. I love print comics and the people who love print comics. There's a sort of bond that I think we all feel that keeps us coming back week after week. It's about the comics, yes, but it's also about this feeling of unity. We comic fans tend to be a touchy group of people. Sometimes we get characterized as overly nitpicky or easy to anger, but I think it's only because we love comics so much. Every part of the weekly ritual has become sacred in our minds, and we would do anything to defend it. So don't you dare back comics into a corner, because we've got its back and we aren't backing down. If you're like me, your fear of the coronavirus extends beyond your friends and family and into your community. Small business owners everywhere are feeling the pinch and are having to make plans to accommodate the potential of months of closure. That includes local comic shops. The response online has been varied, but the fears of an overprotective lover of comics have begun to grow inside of me. In my home of Los Angeles, shops were forced to close with a shelter-in-place order. With no clear plans in sight, as of this recording, many are staring down the barrel of paying rent, book fees, and more. Then, on March 23rd, Steve Jeppe, chairman and CEO of Diamond's parent company, Jeppe Family Enterprises, announced in a letter to retailers that March 25th will be the last new comic book day and that shipping would end on April 1st for an indefinite amount of time. As Diamond is the only major distributor of comics, this meant that all these stores wouldn't be able to order new books and that print comics as a medium would effectively be on pause. That caused my mind to race to a variety of conclusions. Was this the death of print comics? Would Marvel and DC continue to publish books digitally and cut out comic book shops? Would my favorite stores be forced to close up shop? None of these questions were good, and with no answers at my disposal, I thought the only rational thing to do was to reach out to all my friends in comics retail. So today, I've assembled four interviews with some of my favorite people selling comics. They've got a variety of reaction to the news and the new world that we live in. I hope you'll find a sense of calm in their reasoned responses and that you'll consider any number of tactics that they describe to help keep our beloved stores open. Right now, the most important people in comics are our retailers, and it's up to us to make sure they survive this incredible ordeal. First up, I talked to my former local comic shop manager, Ali Alman, from Arsenal Comics and Games in Ventura, California. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, hey, everybody, it's Dan Gavazin here again, and I am here actually with my old friend, Ali Alman, from now Arsenal Comics and Games. You're the, you're the manager there? Yes, sir. I'm the manager of one of the locations. Tell us a little bit more about your your shop and I guess like the clientele. Like, what do you guys do? What is your specialty? It's been cool. I'm very new to the store, so I'm still learning a lot, which is fun. But basically, our main thing is this um, this POS called Comic Hub. So it's very interactive with the customer. You can add 
different covers and how many you want and look at previews all through this app and people love it. And that's our main kind of sales force there. But then also what's really cool is he sells tons of CCGs, so collectible card games and just games in general, which I'm new to and I'm having the best time ever because the customers come and play and it's just a really cozy environment. It's really cool. That's really cool. And you have, you know, I I know you from Collector's Paradise, but you have like a history. You've worked at like, I don't know, what four or five shops by now in your career. Yeah, this is my third, but each one has been uh, several years. So, yeah. So you're you're a seasoned veteran here for the most part of of these stories, would would you say? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm going to get right to it. You know, uh, we're talking to all these, you know, store owners and managers and clerks and, and things like that. Let's, let's take it through time. Like mm-hmm. the, the initial things start changing for businesses. You know, you're told that you're not allowed to you know have customers. And what was the plan for your store? Like, how did you guys change and how has that kind of evolved with time? Yeah, well, it was it was sort of sudden. It was like two weeks ago. Wednesday was normal, just a little bit slow. And then all of a sudden, Thursday, everything started shutting down and You know, we introduced, you know, Lysol wipes and gloves and I started wearing a mask at work and it was sort of like tons of anxiety, like what's going to happen by the next week, every single day, more and more counties were shutting down and it was inevitable that something was going to happen. And then I think, what was it, Friday night, finally it happened. So maybe it was Thursday night. But anyway, the next day, I mean, the doors are closed. We decided to do, you know, curbside pickup, which is one-on-one interaction from a car window, pretty safe. And, and we're just relying on online sales, our eBay. We have two stores full of collections and games and tons and tons of stock. So there's that. So we're hoping to rely on, you know, getting some of this older product out and hoping that our subs show up in their cars safely, you know? Does your store, I mean, you're in Ventura, right? Do you yeah. guys have a lot of kind of like walk-up customers? Is that, because I mean, that's basically eliminated. Yeah, I mean, you have to admit as a comic book store goer yourself, there's a nice, there's the good feeling of going on a Wednesday and looking at the rack and being around other people. And then we have the gaming community. So Friday Night Magic, canceled. D&D, canceled. That's a big portion. That's like half of our store. Gone. Mm. You know? And yeah, of course, like foot traffic, you know, we're on basically Main Street, gone. Although I'm sure gaming, there's a certain level of uh, interest that is renewed during the time like this where you're just <laughs> stuck inside, you know, that's all you have to do. Yes, the week before I sold, A, I sold out of Pandemic, all right, uh, B, sold tons <laughs> and tons of magic booster boxes. So people are like drafting the hell out of their decks right now, everyone should be scared, when this is over, everyone's going to have the beefiest decks ever. So, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, they show up to the store on Wednesday or whenever they get there. And I, I mean, if you're they're listening to a Spider-Man podcast, they're probably Wednesday warriors, you know, but like they might not understand the kind of ins and outs of like how, you know, the, when they arrive at the store, the comic kind of has found its way there and how people make money off of these things. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we learned just today, like a couple hours ago, that there was this letter that seemed to have kind of like, I don't think it, the letter leaked, but the, the news of this leaked, which then kind of prompted this letter being posted from Diamond or the head of Diamond, which is the distribution, you know, for nearly all comics you know, out of out of Maryland, of all places, that they were not going to be printing and shipping comics 
past April 1st. Can you talk about like, let's just like, you know, let's, can you talk about the regular chain of events from diamond and how you guys interact with them and then what it would mean for diamond to just not ship those books? Well, here's the thing. You have to look at comics on the shelf as money sitting there, right? So if diamond shipments still come in, that's a bill every week. If they stop after two weeks, we no longer have to pay that bill of new comics that probably won't sell. So basically, you know, we pay for this stuff up front or some stores have whatever, you know, there's different situations. But for the most part, you pay for these comics up front and hope that they sell. That's the entire business. So in my opinion, this is great. And I feel like a lot of people agree because most stores have collections that they bought off of customers or have like tons and tons of new back issues to sell. It's just how do I sell that, you know? So you actually see this as a bit like a bit of a relief because it kind of forces the hands of the big two to kind of like put everything on pause for a bit. Do you you think that that's going to kind of happen? It seems like, you know, even in the, the letter from Diamond, there was a weird push for digital sales of comics Mm. is that a fear that like something like this could step on the toes of single issue floppies and push that audience to another platform or it's just if that would have happened it would have happened already there's just a difference between people who read comics on their phones and people who collect they're different beasts and to your point about the big two well we're hoping that they do returnability for all these books but it's a risk on their part, but it's what we need, kind of. What does that mean for the person who doesn't know like how returning books works? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot of companies that do this with their number ones or just, you know, certain situations will call for it. The publisher says, order as many of this book as you want, get all the incentive variants you want, and then at a certain date, you know, months down the road, you can return all of it for diamond credit. You can send it all back, rip the covers off. And so that's super helpful in a lot of situations and this would be this is a dire situation where we kind of need that to happen if they want to keep selling books you know i had to um do my final ordering for empire which is marvel's huge event that's leading into summer's huge event you know if they don't push this date back i bet it's gonna be the worst event release of all time you know like i ordered probably 15 copies like it's weird do you do you have a presumption about that? Like, do you think that we're going to ultimately just see this weird several month gap in in content or just yes. it'll move to some digital exclusives to kind of tide over, you know, everybody? Because there's going to be a desire for hmm. things to read. Not, not that there's not endless back catalog, but we all know that back catalog is just not as appealing to people, although it might they might have to suddenly find it way more appealing. Yes. Well, that's a really good question. And we know that, you know, production has stopped on movies and TV. So it's like, yeah, new content has halted for a minute. I always agree that, like, if you haven't read Justice or Killing Joke, that's a brand new freaking book to you. So I hope that the publishers, I think that they would, because, again, I really think digital readers and comic book collectors are different people. You got the speculation market and all sorts of things, but... I think that, yeah, you're right. There's just going to be a gap in content and they'll have to use that time however they're going to use it. 
Speaking of speculators, like I think like th- this Wednesday's the March 25th books seem to be like there, there's a certain collector's itemness to the March 25th books. Like you know, yeah. you know, nobody can leave and, and stores are closed and <laughs> people are still going to want those books. You know, will oh. they sell? Will they sell? You know, the, the speculators, they're, they're going to brave COVID-19 to get their, their mint edition of X, Y and Z. So, you know, you said the store is kind of operating on, on back catalog and eBay, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to like spell doom or anything for you guys, but like, how long do you guys think your inventory can last? I mean, like what, what is the, you know, I mean, let's say you do an excellent job selling it all, you know, mm-hmm. like what, wh- what is the, what is the sh- next stage? Have you guys discussed the next stage of the store? If this were to expand beyond that, or we're still so early on, it's not even worth speculating about. Well, truly, Dan, in a perfect world that we sold all of our product, all the stock that we have, it would be months and months. We have so much crap. We buy collections all day, but will that, I mean, 80% of that will never sell ever because that's just how comics work, right? Right. So, yeah, it's really up in the air. The real test will be this Wednesday. I would love to do this interview again next week, honestly, and be like, okay, here's what happened because this week will tell us what future will bring and we just have to pray that the that what was it april 19th is truly the deadline for this however i will say afterwards so personally i don't like to go to bars that much i am dying to go to every bar in ventura right now so i do feel like afterwards everyone will be out buying stuff i do wonder about that actually because you know Mm -hmm. you have a limited comics budget like a lot of people do they go to the store and they say like I've got X amount of dollars to spend on books this week for someone, someone like me, I just buy the Spidey stuff. And so, you know, my budget is, you know, whatever they're putting out and it tends to be pretty low, although increasingly uh, large these days. And my curiosity is, you know, you suddenly flood the market with all these like books that were supposed to come out. Are people going to come into the store and get caught up? Or are they just yeah. going to buy what they would normally buy? And I think that's a real gamble for for something that's serialized like this. If they do go through and just keep putting stuff out digitally because, you know, they want to make money, I'm sure. And they're not going to turn that market down, these big two publishers. I do worry for you guys if, you know, it, it is a long, long protracted thing, you know, and people take out loans and things like that. Like, it's not like this is essential living stuff, you know, for some of us it is, you know, but you know, will people get caught back up or will this be kind of like a phantom zone, you know, a period in comics, I guess time will tell as you were saying. Yeah. And I honestly see these people who seem to have the biggest pockets, who knows where they make their money. It's California, but they always have money. And when the virus lifts, like, all these people who have inexplicable sources of income will come in, I promise, and they'll buy games and they'll play D&D and all this stuff. So I'm trying to be very positive about it. And sure. I think I'm fairly steeped in good logic there, but we'll see. Absolutely. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if it does lift, uh, I will be there to buy you a beer. So uh, yes. I, 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 to, a beer. To, to that day. Oh, yeah. We'll go to the pizza place, the pizza and beer company place on main street yes i've heard of this place it is pretty good it's pretty good all right well Allie, thank you so much for giving me some of your time 
Absolutely. I, I wish the best for you guys and plug your, your shop again. Arsenal Comics and Games, Newberry Park, and Ventura. And you can go on our website and order some of the sweet stock that I just mentioned at arsenalcng.com. Thanks again to Allie for talking to me. Her optimism was infectious. If you're in Ventura County and want to help out Arsenal Comics and Games, I implore you to go to their website and make some purchases. Next up, I wanted to visit New York City, the epicenter of the United States coronavirus outbreak. So I called up my friend Demetrius from Anyone Comics. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today, I am lucky to have with me Demetrius Fragascatus. Demetrius, you are the store handler and owner of Anyone Comics. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your store? Sure. Uh, we opened up three years ago. The name was conceived based on the idea of selling comics in general to just an audience that isn't embracing them, that thinks that they're for just a specific group of people. You know, figure people walking by the you know cross street would see the name Anyone Comics and think, "Hey, I'm Anyone," you know, and come in. We do uh, we do a ton of events and stuff. We've hosted 24 hour comics. We do drink and draws. We've hosted like some stand up comic shows and stuff. Uh, we've had art galleries. The idea is to build up a community and have. The community itself, Crown Heights, where we're located, embrace comic books. You know, kind of understand there's you know more to it than just the movies and stuff. So you're at Crown Heights. You're kind of at the epicenter of this whole coronavirus thing right now. I mean, the world sure. has kind of shifted its eye to New York, as it tends to do. And, you know, I guess I'm curious, you know, regarding your store and this whole thing. Like, how have things changed over time? You know, like, things have escalated in New York. How have you as a store adapted to that? And I guess, to like, uh, could you guide us to where we are at today with you guys and what your thinking is? There's things I have control over and things I don't have control over, right? So, for example, the publisher's release schedule is where a lot of people, a lot of um, comic books are now not being distributed because of because of what's going on in everyone's respective states and stuff. I don't have any control over that. But and the other the other thing I don't have control over is the fact that the uh, state government uh, in New York uh, has mandated that non-essential businesses of which comic book stores fall under can't operate right now. So as a result, I've I've let go of my staff so they could apply for unemployment and certain grants as quickly as possible, including the Bink Foundation which is helping retailers, bookstores and stuff. And so I'm focusing uh, what I can, what I do have control over. We haven't, being a three-year-old store, we haven't opened up, we haven't done online uh, purchases really. And deliveries are allowed in New York City. So I've put my focus on that. I've, I've uh, taken as many customers' addresses as possible. And, and, we're, and I'm teaming up with a, a program called uh, Comic Hub, which was founded by Stu Colson, who has a comic book store in New Zealand, of all places, called uh, Heroes for Sale where it's a POS system that marries directly to the online services, like websites and stuff, right? And so people through that app are able to manage their pull lists and, you know, kind of see what they have and make adjustments from there that I would, I would see. We haven't, we're not fully um, immersed in that program just yet. So for now, I've just taken people's lists and I've taken their, you know, addresses, their credit card information, and we're just kind of doing this all manually and slowly. Thankfully, a lot of people are patient and they, I think, understand the, the pressure that I'm, you know, under and are totally forgiving. Of course, there's the Wednesday Warriors who need their books tomorrow. So, 
those 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 people get special attention, I suppose, tomorrow, right? <laughs> Squeaky wheel and everything. Yeah, beyond that, so so there's a lot of, I, I noticed there's a lot of, I guess, anger, maybe surprise, I'm not sure. There's a lot of emotion because Diamond isn't distributing comics on April 1st and the weeks afterwards. I think that's the right move. I don't think people should be upset that comics, new comics aren't coming in. I think, you know, putting it on pause is... Uh, is, is the right move. I mean, the fact is, for stores that are able to operate, because there's other stores that, you know, you're not even, you know, I, I'm imagining the shelter-in-place states, which New York isn't at the moment, but the shelter-in-place states, you're not, I'm assuming, even, even able to operate on deliveries and stuff. So so, so they're, 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 they're screwed either way. But stopping, stopping comics, you know, there's, there's still, like, millions of comics that are out there in print that we haven't read. Like, I would say now's a perfect time uh, for people to check out a series that they thought they didn't have a budget for. You know, whatever you budgeted for that particular week, you now can try series that I'm sure, back issues that comic book stores, I'm sure, uh, are sitting on. The other, the, the, the good thing about being the comic book store that we are, most of my customers don't follow the comic book news online or any of the, you know, Twitters or you know, Reddit's or anything like that, Reddit posts or anything like that. So, you know, they don't even know that comics have stopped, and plenty of them are just reading stuff that are coming infrequently anyway. Sure. That, you know, yeah, that they're, you know, like, if if we behave like it's another week, then I think, and, and I'm, I might be in a unique situation in this case, but if we, if I behave like it's another week, there's, there, there's not going to be a disruption in the business, besides the fact that I could only deliver at this point. I've heard from some people that the Diamond News was actually a relief to them. You know, like they didn't yeah. have to place orders or things like that. I mean, it, like financially speaking, is, is that the case for you as well? Yeah, the, the, only, the only other domino that needs to drop right now is that rent moratorium that everyone's pushing. If that rent moratorium happens, then I have, you know, there's a pressure, you know, that's off my shoulders at that point. I have a chance to change my business model a little bit without, like, having this uh, ticking clock of, you know, the landlord demanding rent that, you know, that day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, it's just one less bill to pay. Again, I have, I certainly have uh, inventory. I have great books that people can try out anyway. So, Yeah. The uh, big wheels are going to still, I think, keep on turning, you know, with Marvel and DC and, and, and image and, and, and the publishers, I would Im- imagine. I mean, Mar- yeah. Marvel and DC are kind of this unstoppable thing. And, and there's this talk about kind of like continuing with things digitally, you know, and, and maybe having like some big backlog when things do finally start back up again, because things aren't going to mm-hmm. start back up again at the same time everywhere. I don't think at least it right. doesn't seem nationally that people are really working in unison together. Maybe the United States will get its act together, but you know, I, I, I am curious about your feelings about that. Is there a fear amongst comic shop owners that this kind of like digital move will kind of like cut comic books out, out of the game for a little while? I think that's always been a fear among owners. I came in, Right after Comixology and the Marvel app and all, all that stuff, when that stuff was like really cemented and entrenched in, uh, like that, that was always an option for my customers. I and I opened up anyway. It, it was an option for ten years before we opened. So I know that when people come into the store, 
they've made the choice to support the store by buying the copies here rather than buying them digitally. And I'm counting on that same support later on, you know, you know, for the upcoming months and stuff. I think, I think digitally, in my experience, working when I was working in Midtown Comics, has actually helped the industry more than anything. It has helped print books more than hurt them, actually. The people who feel obligated to just read everything from Marvel are able to consume it digitally. But then when that one story arc really strikes you or connects you, or maybe that one piece of art really you know, stands out, you know, there's, there's a different sense in just coming to the store and buying it physically and stuff and, and feeling like you physically own it and being able to revisit the pages and stuff. You know what I mean? You know, maybe I'm oversimplifying. I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I, you know, I don't want to come off dismissive, but I, but at the same time, I don't, we don't know. I mean, the, the I'm, I'm coming from this, from the standpoint that everybody who's involved in the industry in some, in any capacity has a care for it and no one's out to screw anybody over. I mean, you know, if, if people are out to like kind of help themselves, like the publishers are maybe with the digital thing, well, it's not going to come with a uh, malicious intent to screw over the retailers at all. And I think as we get out of this, they'll send some entities, some like they'll extend their hand to help us as I've seen them do beforehand, you know? Yeah. I mean, if they really wanted to cut you guys off, all they would have to do is make their books a dollar cheaper online and they could, they could disrupt the market overnight, but they don't, yeah, absolutely. They, they want you guys to exist. And yeah. you know, I, I, my, my fear is that this becomes an excuse to do that, but you know, it's not based in any real, you know, thing other than like my pr- own precious feelings about comics, which means mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always going to be terrified for them. And you sure. know, I, I've, I've heard from, you know, I, I worked in comic shops and I've talked to enough comic shop owners that this, I know that for them, the sky is always falling or they're always yeah. looking for a reason to say comics are over. You know, this could be that chance. I mean, com- you know, there will, there will be a day where digital becomes, I think the prominent, you know, way that you know people read these things because paper is just it, it it feels a little bit nostalgic at this point maybe maybe you feel the other way which you know, which you should because you're owning a store but i you know everybody is looking for a reason to claim the sky is falling i feel i don't know i mean up until now we've had a 20 percent increase in our sales year after year what you're saying is really logical and it makes a lot of sense humans don't really make much sense i think at one point radio was going to be replaced by television I think consuming comics digitally and consuming them physically is just, 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 just brings out different senses of aesthetics and stuff. I think overall, so it, think, ha- it hasn't happened. I, I think I think you're right. Like maybe I am thinking too logically about it. And really, like when we talk about comics, we should be talking about the realm of emotions and absolutely things like that. Well, this is really great. So you know, uh, Demetrius, you know, if anybody wants to kind of like interface with your store and you, like, where would they? How would they do that? Like, are, are, do you have a um, website set up for them to order yeah. from? We have, we, have, we have a website. It's not order-ready just yet, but you can email us through the website, anyonecomics.com. You can also just email directly at info at anyonecomics.com. Again, we are doing shipping. For, for people who live in Crown Heights, we're doing bike delivery messages, messenger bikes and stuff, and uh, along with, you know, and we'll, we'll be giving people recommendations too because if there's one thing that a comic book store experience has, it's just being able to, I guess, customize and respond to the person on emotional level rather than on an algorithmic level. You know what I mean? Right. So if I'm going to a store right now to like buy some back catalog, what's the book you're pushing on me? What, what do you feel most excited to share with people right now? Wow. That's a, that's a really broad question, but I guess 
last week from last week's books, I was really excited to push Starship down um, from Dark Horse. That was something I haven't seen before. It's it's just archaeologists uncovering a spaceship, seemingly in the Neolithic era, and just it's all approached in a very kind of grounded level that, you know, I'm used to, you know, these days I've been reading things like, what is it, a Protector with the James Stokoe covers and mm-hmm. stuff, just like weird, you know, like Little Bird from Image last year and, you know, anything by, what's his, Daniel Warren Johnson, he did Murder Falcon. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. I've been reading, I've been reading a lot of like really busy, super, like, you know, there's really art, artistic stuff. So Starship Down just kind of went to a level of, this is a you know bunch of political people trying to decide what this information means, finding a space shuttle from that time period. You know, I really dug it. Sounds like a lot to think about uh, during a, a pause like this in, in all of our lives. Well, um, Demetrius, thanks again. I wish you the best of luck. And on those deliveries, I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Dan. You, you stay safe, too. I wish the best to Demetrius and everyone in New York. If you are in Crown Heights, be sure to give anyone comics a ring and pick up some new books. Next, I decided to call up my own local comic shop to see how they were doing. So I called up Nick at Collector's Paradise to get the scoop on the changes they had in store. I will note that this interview was conducted on Wednesday the 25th, the same day as the Diamond cancellation. Since then, things have changed for Collector's Paradise, and they no longer are allowed to offer curbside service. So let's go to my interview with Nick. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited to have my friend Nick Ignacio on from Collector's Paradise here in Omaneka Boulevard in Los Angeles in the Valley. You are actually, you know, one of the people that works at my comic book store, you know, which is fun to talk about. I I know. It's it's a unique opportunity. I get to see you like once a week. Yeah, <laughs> for a little too long, I'm sure, each time. Uh, they're like, get out of the store, Dan. I think my favorite part of, like, working at a shop is, like, being able to, when I'm not, like, super busy, like, being able to, like, you know, chat with customers and regulars, you know. You guys um, might be crankier about Nick Spencer's Spider-Man than I am. You know, I'm so uh, cranky, but I don't really read it, so <laughs> I stopped reading it. I know um, Ryan, one of my employees, still reads it, but also, like, kind of complains about it. Kind of like, I think... Like how you feel, you know? Yeah, yeah. He and I are very simpatico. But enough <laughs> about Spider-Man. We're here to talk about like comics in the time of coronavirus. You know, the, yeah. the most pertinent topic of, of all, at least for people like us. You know, I, you know, I'm a big movie guy and it's been a real bummer to see the movie industry kind of shuttered. Although you can also go on Netflix or whatever. But, I, you know, I have a really soft place in my heart and wallet for print comics. And, you know, and that's where Collector's Paradise comes in. My weekly uh, t- trip to the store and to see you guys. I mean, there's certainly something to like you were saying, going in and seeing friendly, familiar faces. And and that's why I chose your store. But can you tell our listeners at home? I mean, I can evangelize your store, but like, why don't you do it? What's so special about Collector's Paradise? Well, you know, I think that one of the main things we like to do is we don't treat it like, I mean, you have to treat it like a customer service business, right? It's not about like selling them product. You're selling them an experience, I guess, is like the best way to describe it. Like when someone comes in the store, we make sure we're friendly and we're nice. And then, you know, obviously you don't like bombard them immediately if they're a new customer. But like, you know, you let them browse a little bit and then you make it a point to like, Show, know that they exist and that we're, we're there to offer any books that they need you know and then eventually like a lot of the times like you know they're just somebody who walks in and you'll recommend one book 
and then they like it so much that they'll con- and then you know over the course of like uh, you know months or years they'll just like have you kind of have this relationship where like they come to you for recommendations and stuff like that you know i think it's something like we like to garner as a as a as a company right in all three of our stores we make sure that we have employees who can you can kind of do that right and we'll have people who will come in only on the weekends because that's like my weekend guys there and and um, they and they always like his recommendations. So I think a lot of it has to do with that, right? We are, and you know besides our subscription service, which we do, and everything's online, so your pulls are very easy to sort of manage. That's like another element that we do. But I think the main thing is you know having people come in, you know, and expect like a good experience. Yeah, Nick, you've been very dangerous to my wallet and my bookshelf. You make a lot of great recommendations, and I just buy them right up, which has been great to kind of expand me beyond my Spider-Man kind of realm of things. You know, you like to push kind of stuff I've never heard of on me, and it certainly opened my world up a little bit. Now, you know, you and I both live here in Los Angeles, and, you know, I guess more importantly, are employed in Los Angeles, and, you know... Stores have been shut down for what are we approaching a week now? It'll be a week. No, you know, it feels like a month, but I think they officially shut down uh, Friday. So it's only been one, two, three, four days. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I've been talking to some owners of shops in, in New York who, uh, you know, are going through a very different thing than us. I mean, similar, but like the magnitude is quite different still the same here in Los Angeles. It's not the same. And, you know, you can drive from one place to another in less than an hour, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but, but you're not going to go anywhere and do anything, unfortunately, because everything is closed. And, you know, for me, my, my one outing is to the comic book store and, you know, and you guys have kind of changed things up a little bit. So I'm wondering if you could tell listeners at home about like, how has your store adapted to the, you know, the coronavirus you know, I guess up until the news that we got yesterday from Diamond. Yeah. So like when we we were kind of anticipating the, the, the sort of shelter in place that that San Francisco enacted, you know, um, last Monday. Right. We we're kind of anticipating because, you know, that usually happens like it happens in up north first and then it kind of trickles down to Los Angeles. I feel like that, that's always the case. And so when they so when they announced on Thursday that we had to close because there were a non-essential business, we transitioned. We emailed all of our customers and told them, hey, this is what's happening. Right. We're going to be closed, but we can offer mail order. Right. Shipping. Because we always we've always done that, right? We just never did it like to all of our subscribers, right? And we also offered curbside, where you know you never have to leave your car. Ever uh, there's really just like me in the store, and you call and you can I'll like you know ring you up over the phone, and then you call again when you're outside, and I just drop off the books and you just grab it, right? How um, does that little... work? Are you in like a like a hazmat suit and you're like running <laughs> no. out your cars? No, no, no. I'm caught. I mean. I mean, I'm already always washing my hands now because of this whole thing. I feel like I've, this is the most I've washed my hands my entire life, which is kind of a sad thing to say now that you think about it, right? <laughs> uh, right? I feel like more people are washing their hands than they've ever washed, at least at least the length of time you spend, because 20 seconds is a long time. But if you think about it, right? And 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 so yeah, like I'm constantly washing my hands. I come out with gloves because I'm I'm just wearing gloves now. I'm not wearing any masks because I think you're only supposed to do it if you are sick. Yeah. I'm not sure what the actual thing is. And so yeah, and then I I literally just like if you don't want like any contact, I will leave it at the door. Like and then you just come in and grab it, 
or you know most people are just kind of like grab it you know we're not we're like six feet apart you know if we're chatting a little bit outside and then that's it they come pick it up and and go and that was kind of the model we also like got a, a huge response from our customers they did like a really great job of like really supporting us these past few days they've been you know replying to all of our emails and telling us what they want to do we we do have credit cards on file like that's how you have to as part of the description you have to have a credit card on file so that made like that transition easier for shipping so a lot of our customers replied and said hey we want you to charge and ship weekly or just charge and hold until this is all done right and so that way we can keep some sort of cash flow and that was the plan before diamond shut down Right, that that was kind of the business model we were having. We were open pretty much Monday through Saturday for about five hours, so that and 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 everyone and there's at least one person in each store, mainly the managers, because they're the ones who can sell books the best, right, and mm. can find books and stuff. Because also, like, if somebody called in, we would be like, "Hey, do you want to check something else out?" You know, because you kind of want to try to hand sell, you know, get a little bit more. Because, you know, a lot of it's about surviving. But I think a lot of people were willing to check out new things because they wanted to spend money on us. They wanted us to make sure that we were still around, like we would still be around after this whole thing ends. It sounds like you had a business model that really kind of would have worked, you know, with with a large enough kind of install base that like consistently came back every Wednesday and checked in with the store that knew, despite the closed sign on on the window, you know, that they could come by and you guys could kind of like keep selling books on the fly for a little while. But with like Diamond closing down and no new material coming in, you know, how, how have you pivoted from that? Are you like, you know, now it's all about back catalog. We didn't even find out through Diamond. <laughs> we found out when we had to go pick up our books from the warehouse that we picked up our books. They, they said, hey, we're getting no more shipments. So we're like, oh, wow, this is pretty crazy. This is the first time. I mean, I've worked. I've been working there for 15 years, and I've been collecting comics longer. Right? This has never been. This has never happened before, where print comics would not would not come out. So what we decided to do is we talked it over. We pretty much cut the model of being open Monday through Saturday. And at this point, we had to like tell our employees, "Hey, we can't give you hours anymore. Like, there's no new books to sell because most of our business is new books, you know. And we sell a lot of graphic novels every week, right?" But I think the chunk of our business is new is new comics every week, like people coming in every week buying new comics. So with that gone, it's like, well, we have very little uh, that we can. I mean, we'll still sell stuff, but very, you know, the the, the right. main stuff, right, is gone. And so we we basically decided to keep only the Winneka store open, except on Fridays. So the idea is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm there at the shop from twelve to eight, taking phone orders or or mail orders, right? And all and all the customers from all three stores will be basically contacting me, right? Because we don't know how much how many people are gonna still be calling us and asking for stuff now that there's not new now that there's not any new stuff coming out. And so and then we're open every day, every Friday, all three stores from twelve to eight. So that we have some hours for those employees over there who will if they need somebody to do curbside there, we have curbside for them that one day. That, that's pretty much it. And we, we kind of hope people will feel bored at home, have maybe read all their <laughs> maybe have read all their comics, are tired of binging their Netflix and like they want to come and like, man, I want I really want to read, you know, why the last man I read the first volume. I need the second one. How can I get it? Like, how can I get it now? And I guess like, you know, if it's if, if it's a time when we're open, we probably have it and you can come and pick it up or we can or we can ship it to you. 
you, know, you feel we, like you guys have a robust enough back catalog of books to sustain like months of this, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to say. No, I mean, we have, so we, we do a good job of keeping perennials in stock, right? So like things that always sell, you know, stuff like saga, right? Stuff like, I don't know, the long, ha- Batman, the long Halloween, like, you know, things that are evergreen that always sell. So we keep, we make it a point to always have those in stock. Now we're also kind of like wary about reordering, and getting new things because we don't want to increase our bills, right? right? At this point, we don't have a lot of bills or we, we want to have as little bills as possible. And, you know, Diamond shutting down actually helps that out because now we don't have to worry about those bills. But then that but then, you know, that's a whole different story. Right. It seems like a, it seems like a dual dual edge blade, right? Like it cuts one way and it cuts the other, which is. You know, if if you're not spending money on diamond, but you're also can't get anything in to yeah. sell. And everybody I've talked to so far has said that this is a real positive for them, the diamond shutting down because they don't have to spend that money. Yeah. But yeah. but but to me, it seems like I mean, again, I, I'm an outsider. So, you know, t- tell me why I'm wrong. It, to me, it seems very short sighted, which is like, yeah, that might help you out this month. But what's going to happen three months from now when you can't get new books in? Yeah. I mean, we don't know how long this is going to last, but like all indications seem to think it's not just going to be the next few weeks. Right. So that's the, yeah, like you said, it's a double edged sword. So like, we don't have to worry about paying the bills for that, for, for these books that would be shipped. It's good because in the long run, like over half the stores are closed, if not more now. Right. Right. And like, they can't even accept the books. Like they're not even there at the shop to get their shipments. Right. If they get it mailed to their shop. So it makes sense for them to stop it, but you're right you should freak out because like, look, this is the first time we've, we haven't had print comics. Right. And who knows how long it's going to be. And say it gets fixed in two months or a month or like, like, let's say like we're being really positive. It's like a month and a half or something like that. Right. Yeah. Will people come back is the question. So you definitely lose, you are losing an audience because a lot of, a lot of stores I think rely on the Wednesday warrior, right? The person who comes in every week, to get their books. Now, if you cut off that sort of habit, will they come back? And hopefully they do. The other thing that's, you know, curious, you know, will Marvel and DC stop making new titles and releasing them digitally? You know, like how much are they going to cut you guys off at the ankle? Yeah. So this is like the main concern that we have. Like, I think we can survive having no comics being released for however long diamond and you know it's not necessarily diamond's fault i mean it's their fault for how badly they responded but i but i would say they kind of had no choice because i think all of their like the printers are closing right and maybe the supply line for that stuff might get hindered right and so i think they and i think they knew and i think publishers knew that their printers weren't going to print anymore and and it's very telling you know uh, marvel and dc really haven't said or done anything especially dc DC has said nothing about this whole entire thing. Hmm. And retailers, you know, I'm part of retailer groups on Facebook and stuff like that. These are, you know, retailers who are probably in the top, you know, hundred of retailers. And, you know, they know they know what they're talking about generally, right? Unless, like, there's always that one oddball who's like, dude, what are you saying? But in general, like, the people on the, the retailers on these Facebook groups I'm part of, they know what they're talking about. And they're very angry at DC because, like, they haven't, 
there's no guidance, there's nothing, you know? A lot of it probably has to do with the fact that they fired their main guy, Dan Didio, a mo- like a month before this, right? Right, right. bad timing. <laughs> and, yeah, and he would be, I, I mean, I don't, regardless of what you think of Dan Didio as like a publisher and what he did to your characters, your DC characters, right? I think he was probably positive in terms of like fighting for comic books and prints and retailers to like his corporate overload or overlords right and so like now that there's they don't have that i think there's like a lot of like i think they just don't care right i mean obviously if they haven't had a response now they don't care and that's what we're really weary about and so like next week uh, in april 1st are they gonna release books digitally and that would be like the worst thing possible there was a there was a statement by i think flying color comics joe fields and he said they should just stop publishing. All the publishers should stop publishing books because if they start doing stuff digitally, I mean, they're going to make money in the short term, right? Because they'll yeah. get digital sales from this. Like you come to my store, I'll push a book on you for you. You know what I mean? Right. I will say, I will, I will read this book that maybe that's kind of random and smaller and, and maybe get people to read it. Whereas like in the digital market, like who's pushing it? It's just like, it's just there in front of you. You got to kind of choose it, right? You know what I mean? Like it's like a whole different interface, right? I think the market's completely different for comics in that sense. Yeah, so I hope they don't put out books digitally. I think that would really, really hurt our specialty market, you know? Yeah, and I don't know what the other option is. Like do do they just choose a day to turn everything back on and suddenly print a hundred like hundreds of different marvel issues that all come out on the same day i mean like you know do i go there and spend eight hundred dollars in one drop at the comic book <laughs> shop i mean to no. me that presents an opportunity for customers to jump off of you know half a dozen series that they might be picking up you know like uh it, it, i dropped spider-man during the clone saga because Every single issue had to be bought and my wallet couldn't afford it. You know, like what what happens? You know, this is this is nothing compared to the clone saga. And that's saying a lot (laughs) or the other vice versa is what I really mean. But, you know, I I don't see what that option is. Okay, so here's an idea I had and and I may just cut this out of the podcast. Uh I'm going to float this at you and tell me how ridiculous this idea is. Is there a realm where. Marvel and DC do acknowledge what you just said and they start allowing these comic shops to sell digital purchases that would eventually be tied to a real world copy of an issue when ultimately this thing is over. So you could buy digital things through another interface and pick up your book at the store. Almost the opposite of what's going on right now where you buy a Marvel comic and you get a digital code with it. Is that completely out of this world insane? I think that's pretty. That's a pretty cool idea. It's a kind of idea that's been floated around where like maybe they can offer digital things and we get a cut of it, right? And they actually used to do that. I think Comicsology used to do that. If we had a link in our website and we linked people, and if people clicked on that link, right, kind of like an Amazon button, whatever, right, it would take them to Comicsology, and whatever they bought, we get a percentage of. That used to be a thing. That's when, and we, and our website, and our website, you used to do that, but we don't do that anymore because it didn't really matter. It didn't give us any money. I think digital right now, I mean, before this whole crisis, seemed like it was just whatever. No, it, it wasn't really going up in the, it wasn't going up in the marketplace. It was actually trending downward, and print was actually going up, especially graphic novels. But your idea, I think, 
it's cool. I think it's actually very interesting, especially like at least for like this emergency moment, right? Like I just think like, you know, we're trying yeah. to save your guys' jobs and we're trying yeah. to save this medium that we love, at least right. the print version of it. But at the same time, you look at Marvel and DC and they're trying to save the jobs of their employees, right? They oh, if they stop using comics, you know, like what are they doing, you know, but you in know all what? this time? But you know what? Marvel is owned by Disney that has a bunch of money. It's true. I, I mean, you know, whatever you think in terms of your politics, they probably have the money to keep Marvel and its employees afloat for a month or two. I'm pretty sure. And I would argue I would argue the same thing for DC as well with like AT&T and right? Like so I I would be more concerned about like the smaller publishers like Boom and and Image and Dark Horse. They're the ones that might be struggling over this. Marvel and DC who have the most power are the one and who should be leaders here aren't leaders and that's i think that i think that's the main issue right like they're not really taking a leadership role here i think a lot of a lot of it has to do with the fact that they are ha- like they're you know they're, they're being they, there's too much bureaucracy in their system right right uh, there's too much corporate sort of like you have to get approvals and all this stuff so i think i think that's why they're not responding which is like, I guess an excuse, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't think it's a good enough excuse, right? They should be trying to do something to fix the, to help fix this industry. And like I said, your idea is cool, but I think the problem is how do you do it logistically, right? Like, well, that's, how the, does that's the million dollar yeah. question, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, you can, I guess what, what they can do theoretically is they would like, maybe it's a Marvel app, right? In the, in the Marvel app, it would say something like, Hey, are you buying the, are you part of our are you part of this store like maybe like some sort of login or some yeah. sort of promo code like collectors paradise promo code right, right. And if you put that promo code then you would that's how it would work right theoretically right but, I mean, it, it would like, be the it would be the opposite of what you're doing now which is like you're saying like i want a guaranteed like hard copy of this by buying it digitally that will yeah. be delivered to i mean that's a huge infrastructure but like <laughs> if yeah. if they are committed to helping you guys stay afloat which i think is in their business interest as well as you were saying then that, like i think that you're something you want to consider right well it's the thing is it's in marvel publishing and dc comics publishing's interest but i don't know if it's in the interests of like Disney overall when like Marvel's such a blip. Although like there's something to be said about having something, you know, to make money off of, but like, what's it called? It's like when you have um, a a dedicated fan base. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Right. Marvel is the house of ideas, right? Yeah. It's it's a place for ideas. Like, where do you think all these movies came from that made you billions of dollars? Well, it came from these books, right? Yeah. You know, I I think sometimes they forget that. (laughs) I think like Disney forgets that, that, the reason Marvel's, you know, is such a big thing is they took a bunch of great source material, you know? I so. mean, I, I had Tom Brevoort on my show just the other night, and uh-huh. he suggested very much the opposite, that they're very keenly aware of that. Oh, and that they see it as a very, you know, big part of their interest. But, you know, huh. he, but he also seemed to kind of project doom and gloom more than I expected him to publicly on on, on okay. a show. So, you know, it's very curious to me. So so but but that being said, you know, I used to work at Midtown Comics in, in New York and I've spent, cool. you know, my time in various comic stores and people love to kind of like people involved in comics are so precious about comics and specifically the print medium of, for comics that like we project the end of comics 
every other week. I mean, if I if I had to read enough, like you know, like another headline of the end of comics is coming, or Jim Lee goes to San Diego Comic Con and screams into the rafters about the end of comics, you know, like I, I they're, they're a dime a dozen. Do you feel like this is an actual threat to? the medium in the current state that it's in. I mean, comics won't go anywhere, right? Movies have become Netflix in a way, but like for those of us who cling to the printed page, do you think this actually could pose an existential threat? So I think I, I just meant, I mentioned this before, but you know, this is the first time we've never had print comics, right? So I think every week of my comic book, like buying life and working life, there was always comics every Wednesday, unless it was like a random, like it fell on Christmas or something like that, right? So like Wednesday was always a day where new comics are. And so this is going to be the first time in who knows ever where we don't have books. And I think that is something to think about, right? And I want to be more positive about it. And I think our store will survive. Our stores will survive, hopefully, in the long run, you know? But But then, okay, we survive and then everything's, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. I don't know. Well, <laughs> will people yeah. come? Like I said already, like will people come back? And that's something you have to think about as a as a retailer. And I think you know the response from a lot of our customers saying like, "Hey, we want to." Like people who who like probably have enough reading material, they 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 are even like buying more stuff and adding extra stuff just because sure. they want to they want to help out. We did a we sent a link out for gift cards and people we got a bunch of people buying gift cards like for when we're open again they can use the gift cards then, you know? So so that's like the positive side of it. So like we do have our customers who really want us to be around and survive. So I think that that shows that it's not so bad in the long run. But at the same time, we also have this thing where like it's never happened before where there are, are no new books. It's so strange. Uh, and I really hope, I do think that if Marvel and DC decide to continue to put out books, it could be, I'll give it, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a 60% chance of most comic book stores. Like it could be, we, we could see the dominoes falling on the end of specialty markets. I do see that if, if they decide not to have our backs, right, then it could be pretty bad. And, you know, this is what's going to happen, right? So, like, say the sort of survive, they're going to be so mad at Marvel and DC for what for releasing books, right, digitally, that we'll order less of their books, right? Yeah. We'll be like, you know, screw them. Like, they didn't support us. We're not going to order. And I'm seeing that a lot from retailer groups, right? I don't know if we're going to do that. We'll see, you know. We, we, often, we often think more pragmatically than than emotionally. Right. Uh, you try to. You have to be as a business. And And I feel like, you know, I'm definitely going to cut my orders anyways, especially because of like this lack of response from DC, like regardless. Right. And so, yeah, it, it really is. And, and so like continuing on with this idea of like stores cutting down from Marvel and DC, Marvel and DC will say, oh, they're not supporting us anymore. And so like, yeah. you know, it's like this, it's like this, I guess it's like a back and forth and like a domino effect that could lead to them being, well, screw them. We'll just, we'll just focus on more digital stuff. Look how well we did when they weren't, when, you know, when we were putting out books digitally a month ago, you know, when they were closed. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think a lot of it is on what Diamond plans to do in the future, but also what Marvel and DC are going to do with their publishing line. Are they going to stop it? I hope they do. That's what that's what I think most I mean most retailers hope they don't publish digitally definitely. And what's the deadline for that you think? Like wh when do you think that news would would surface? 
I thought it would happen today. <laughs> I thought, yeah. I, like today's it's what the twenty fourth, right? So I thought it, I thought it would happen Monday. I thought it would happen, you know, today. They they probably won't say anything till next till Monday. I bet you, and maybe they won't say anything until we find out. Oh, you can get these books. Like you know, I think I think digital books are released Tuesday night or whatever, Tuesday midnight or whatever. If like we see those books up there, that could also be when how we find out. Right? We can find out that way. That would because, be like, not cool. Oh, it would be really messed up. But like I said, uh, the response from Marvel, Marvel's response was, give us a higher discount. Well, guess what? Books aren't getting shipped. And they probably knew books weren't getting shipped, right? And <laughs> and so like, well, that discount doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. there's no books to get discounted, an extra discount on. And DC, like I said, hasn't said anything. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. Well, Nick, you know, I, I would love to check back in with you later as, as this continues to develop. In the meantime, it, let's say some of our listeners are Angelinos like myself and wanted to go and check out collector's paradise. How might they do that? And how might they follow you? Yeah. So we have three stores in the Los Angeles area, one in Pasadena, one in the West Valley or Winnetka, right. Or, oh, and one in North Hollywood right now we have weird schedules. So the timing is really weird, but yeah, feel free to come by. You can call our stores and we're currently doing mail order and curbside so they can do that and yeah i don't really do a lot of social media so there's nothing really to promote i do do a podcast with um kevin who's the manager of our noho store called the comic marauders podcast uh check it out on podbean or itunes we just review um the most recent books about three books a week just give our opinions if you want i don't often lie when i'm selling books to customers (laughs) but I, i also but i also don't like bash a book hard right yeah. but if you want to hear me bash a book that i really hate which you know happens once in a uh, i don't know maybe every other episode there's like a book that i don't <laughs> like then you can get like a truer opinion but obviously i'm not going to sell you a book that i don't think that isn't good so keep that in mind too <laughs> well yeah. well nick that's why i come to your shop every week so thanks again for coming on the show this was a really pleasure to have you let's do it again under more rosy picture yeah yeah sounds good man thank you Thanks again to Nick for talking to me so honestly about his shop and the comics industry. I learned a ton while talking to him, but my journey wasn't yet complete. So I decided to head back to the west side of Los Angeles and talk with my friend Eddie D'Angelini, the co-owner of Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica, to see how he was hanging in there. Well, welcome back, listeners. I am lucky to be joined today by Eddie D'Angelini from Heidi Ho Comics. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Eddie, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I've been reading your collector's comic strip for what nearly a decade. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's been about I think six and a half years that I've been doing it. It's a uh, web comic called Collectors, all about me and my wife and my comic book collecting and all the nerdy stuff she puts up with living with me. And it's uh, loosely based on real life, but also done in like a very fun newspaper Sunday style uh, comic strip. And uh, I've been doing that pretty much almost as long as we've owned Heidi Ho. That's so great. So, so Heidi Ho Comics, you're here with me in lockdown L.A. Tell us a little bit about your store, like where it's located and, and what makes your store special? What do you guys do? Well, Heidi Ho Comics is in Santa Monica, California, and it is one of the oldest comic shops in L.A. And I think even, you know, the entire country. It's been in existence for over 40 years, originally started by 
two brothers, Bob and Mark Hennessy, and I've been the co-owner of it with two other partners for about five and a half years now. And my wife and I, we're the ones that actively manage the shop as well as co-own it. And it's pretty much the only comic shop really there on the west side in the Santa Monica area. We're kind of known, it's got a history for being very kind of hip and independent. It really catered to a lot of more uh, indie comics throughout the years, not just Marvel and DC. We do get a lot of, what's really nice is we do get a lot of uh, industry people in the movie industry and TV industry that uh, shop there, just frequent the place, pop in every once in a while. So it has a kind of very unique LA kind of vibe to it. Have you always worked in the comic book industry or is that some kind of like a new venture with Heidi Ho? No, I haven't, but I've been in it for a while now, even before we own the shop. One of my partners is uh, Jeffrey Patterson, who owns Jeffrey's Comics in Gardena, California, which is the second oldest comic shop in Southern <laughs> California. And I worked for him running his his eBay store for that shop. And then from there, we went on to purchase Heidi Ho. So does Heidi Ho have like a good balance between kind of back issues and, and more current uh, wall rack fair or is it mostly modern stuff you have circling in and out no it's a pretty good mix i mean obviously we have a, a good selection of all the new stuff that comes out every week but we also do have have our more recent back issue section and then we also have uh the part that i really like which is the older golden age silver age bronze age sure. stuff that you see up on the wall shelves when you walk in and we have a lot more as well in locked cases and also in the back. And that's usually a lot of the stuff that we feature in our eBay store, which is also now more than ever a crucial part of our monthly income. I was going to say those old issues are as good as gold these days. They're, they're, it's the golden age for a reason now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely that market is very key issue driven and some key issues can go for a lot of money now. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know, uh, we're here to talk, obviously, about the kind of giant uh, elephant or gorilla, whatever the metaphor is in the room, uh, you know, the coronavirus and its kind of impact on our favorite LCS stores or local comic shops. You know, I guess I'm curious, you know, Heidi Ho, you know, I'm sure you're you have a really kind of rock solid business strategy and just following you online. You've been doing these great videos to advertise what you're doing now. But can you can you talk us through like, you know, kind of the stages of progression for you. Like we're talking now, it's March 26th, Thursday. And, you know, every day brings with it new surprises. Have kind of what's been your kind of like slow unraveling here of how this crisis has played out as it affects you and your shop? Well, my wife and I have talked about it for a little while now. And I also talked about it with my partner before this whole lockdown situation. And we were really kind of thinking that this might just be the worst case scenario and maybe something that might not happen, but maybe we should be ready for it. My big concern before all this happened, as far as everything shutting down, was our our shop, the Santa Monica area, is very touristy driven. We've got about five maybe six months out of the year, all you know, around summer, that is our big tourist season. So we get a lot of business from that. I mean, we have people coming in our shop, spending you know quite a bit of money from different states, different countries during those months. And, and our first inkling when this started to happen, our first worry was, uh-oh, this is going to affect tourist season. You know, and I was reading a lot of things that the Santa Monica City was putting out regarding their predictions for the year and the tourist season, which they do a lot. And I was really seeing those numbers 
going down and down and down. And I was really worried. And I was thinking, you know what, we need to maybe like come up with some type of plan to make sure we get through those months and ride this out. And little did I know it would be riding out all of this with the doors locked, which I really thought was that's a worst case scenario. It's probably not going to happen, but here we are. And it did. So is that where you're at now? Like, you know, I've talked to several people and they've been doing curbside, but then recently the police have kind of showed up and made that an impossibility. So are you at the point now that the doors are locked and there's not really even the option to, to crack them open for mail delivery? Well, I hadn't heard about the police cracking down on anybody for curbside. I mean, I know that there's like some gray area about whether shops can do that. But, you know, I'm reading news about big, big stores, chain stores like Michael's and stuff. They're doing that. So they're still doing it. We've been doing curbside and we've been doing mail order. Like, for instance, yes, Diamond did say they were going to stop shipping new books. But we'd obviously all the shops did get uh, the books for this week. But Obviously, the doors are closed and we can't sell them. So we literally have been calling all of our pull customers literally one by one by one by one and giving them the option to either pay by phone or pay online, Um, sending them online invoice to pay for their pulls. And we've been pretty much gathering and telling everybody, hey, pretty much all all you people who have not just this week's pull, but other weeks previous, we're putting it together and saying, you know, now's the time we really want you guys to clear out your pull and help us out more than ever. This is what you can really do to help us. And uh, we've really have been gotten such a good response from all the customers who really want to help us. Uh, A lot of them have been tacking on uh, gift certificates to the order to help us out. And for the most part, most of the people don't want to leave their house. So they've elected to have the stuff shipped to them, which now we've become basically like a giant mail order warehouse in the shop now. But there are some people that are still local in the area that have chosen to pretty much stop by. And now that, you know, it used to be where you could never even find a parking spot on the street in Santa Monica. And now it's like people are literally able to pull right up to the front door and park. And yeah, so I've, you know, been trying to avoid as much contact with customers or them coming in the shop or anything like that at all. I've literally just been walking out and either handing it to them or putting it Uh, through their passenger window on their passenger seat, you know, and just trying to make it as quick and simple and with no contact at all. Well, it's funny you say that because your video that you produce, I I keep mentioning this video, you made a video advertising, you know, what the store is going to be doing moving forward. And I'll put a link to it in our show notes. But, you know, what's one of the first real signs to me of like, like just kind of visual indicators that the world has changed, seeing you go through the comics with gloves on, was like, it just like, it immediately <laughs> struck me like, yeah, we really, I mean, obviously the signs of this are everywhere, but seeing it kind of like in a, such a microcosm of like the comics world and how we leaf through comics, you know, uh-huh. it's like, oh yeah, like uh, shops that I frequent, you know, I'm going to begin seeing all these changes. Um, sure. You know, and so, you know, Diamond made this announcement, right? Kind of like, it seemed like it slipped out, like it was leaked and then they kind of had to jump on it. I've seen a variety of reactions online from people prognosticating the end of print comics to, you know, I I actually had several people on the show who thought it was a really good thing because it allowed them to not have to make future purchases in the blind, you know, but at the same time, you can't really stock up on stuff 
that it might get you through the the you know the mail season that we seem to be going into where you're shipping mm-hmm. stuff out to people. Where do you land on that? Like what what are your thoughts about it and anxieties perhaps? Well, I am kind of on the fence because I can see both sides good and bad. We're a little upset that they did decide to do this because we were pretty much ready to go to a full-on turn on turn into telemarketers calling all of our pull customers and shipping stuff out. We were all fully prepared to do that. At the same time, I totally see and get the idea of putting it on pause and letting shops have a break from having to pay that monthly or excuse me, that weekly diamond invoice when they don't really have a way to sell the merchandise. I get that. It really now with uh, no book, no new books coming in, it really now gives us a little bit of pause to think about, well, we got to really figure out how we're going to sell the merchandise we do have. And we, you know, we have a store full of stuff and you know, there's ways to do this. My wife and I have been brainstorming for the past couple of days what we're going to do to start moving what we do have. And the truth is, there's we've got a wall of shelves of trade paperbacks of stuff that I know that a lot of our, our customers have never read that I know that they'll love. And you know what? It won't be like a new comics day, but, you know, it can still be like a new to you comics day. It tries some new stuff that you haven't heard about or maybe you meant to read but never got to. And, you know, we've got a selection of board games, too, that we can push and say, hey, here's something to keep you busy when you're stuck at home. So it's just being a little more creative and starting to showcase the stuff that you already have in your shop. You know, so like I said, it's Thursday, March 26th. And, you know, just yesterday was the like last day of new comics, at least to my understanding. Or is it April 1st? I, I'm not I'm not really sure. No, we were told that – sorry to interrupt, but we were told when we picked up this shipment I, – I pick up my stuff. We were told this is the last week sure. that you guys are going to get. So, you know, that happened and, you know, we're still kind of waiting. The big news, like the big question, you know, in regards to the future of comics, you know, is what happens if Marvel and DC – continue because it seems like image is on putting their stuff on pause or at least they seem to be indicating that all of the smaller publishers who can't really afford like they're going to i expect that we're going to see several small publishers close up shop you know because of this or at least be impacted in some way you know the two big two who can be leaders on this seem to be kind of silent now marvel put out this like this blog post listing comic book stores that are still open and the kind of new tactics that they're taking curbside service things like that i know like the comic shop that i shop at was listed on there oh actually incorrectly <laughs> you know we're, we're waiting to hear what they're going to be doing are they going to be releasing digital you know comics what are your feelings about this and like you know if whether they go ahead or whether they stop well as far as them doing digital i can't say that i love the idea of it but at the same time i don't see that impacting me very much because I know that a lot of my regulars that come every Wednesday or come every week to buy the new stuff, they're going to want the print versions. Even if they do read the digitals, which I don't think a lot of them are, they're still going to come after all this blows over and buy the copies of the stuff that they read digitally. So for me personally, just my shop, I can't say that it worries me that much. What do you think that looks like? Do we get a like Wednesday where four months of books just suddenly show up and people are having to reach into their wallets to cover that up? Or do you, I mean, if you had to take a guess, my best guess is that they, however long this goes for a month, two months, they're just going to, I think probably 
push everything back that long, or maybe at least half that long. So maybe books that come out monthly for uh, just a short while might come out every two weeks yeah, or something to that effect. I do not see them swamping the market all at once because that is a surefire way to make sure that those things just don't sell. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just such an odd scenario. Like what, whatever they come up with is going to be flawed in some way. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, know, I don't think there's any way around that. I, I think no matter what diamond does, no matter what Marvel or DC does, no matter what the individual comic shop owners do, there's going to be flaws because this is completely something new that no one has ever had to deal with before. And everyone's kind of like just guessing as to what the best thing is to do. And, and you know, they're going to do things wrong. I just see that happening and there's no way around that. If there's one thing I do know, I think it's that comic buyers are resilient people. Like we've stuck with comics in the industry for such a long time. Like, you know, I think we're all very precious about this medium and we don't want it to go anywhere. But I think in my estimation, we're all going to be there the week that it reopens to kind of swamp the stores and, and, you know, proclaim the things that we love back in action. At least that's my hope. I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of griping when the doors do open again, but people are still going to want their comics. They're going to gripe about it, but they'll, you know, they'll buy their titles they want and, and they'll be happy to be back. I'm sure. Yeah. So Eddie, what are you going to be reading in the meantime? What are you telling people to read? What's exciting you right now? You know, I'm trying to catch up on the huge pile of stuff on my nightstand. And the one series that I've loved from the very beginning, but fell off pretty quickly because I just didn't have the time to get through it is uh, Immortal Hulk. I just absolutely have loved that series. But I'm I'm way, way, way behind. And I tell people the surefire way to never have time to read comics is own a comic book shop. So <laughs> the day we had to close that Friday, I took every trade of that book and I'm going to read it all the way through. And already now that I'm doing it, being able to read it all in one shot, I, I can pick up all the stuff that I didn't pick up waiting month to month to month. Because you know how it is. You read so many things and then the next month you've already forgotten what you read last month. Well, that book demands it. I mean, there's no recap pages in that book. It is just like hardcore old school Marvel comics all the way yeah. through. Um, yeah. I mean, with like buckets of gore and stuff that I don't think Marvel has ever printed before layer, layered in there. I'm hoping to catch up on some things also that. I never really read before. Like suddenly I'm kind of like finding a newfound interest in Harvey Picar. Yeah, and that's perfect for a break. Yeah, yeah. And our shop has a history with underground comics. The original owners were friends with a lot of underground comics creators and distributors and had a lot of those people, you know, the creators as guests in those early days and back in the, in the late 70s and throughout the 80s. So there's like a real connection of that with our shop. And I kind of really want to try to read more of that stuff now. So I'm taking the time to do that. That sounds great. Well, Eddie, if people wanted to kind of follow you in your store, where, how would they do so? Check us out at HeidiHoComics.com. We actually, through this break with no comics, we're going to have a page on there where each week we're going to feature different items that maybe you haven't checked out and should, and you can reserve copies of it online. You can check us out at Heidi Ho Comics. You can find us, Heidi Ho Comics, on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we're going to be 
posting on our social media different videos featuring maybe titles that you've missed or maybe titles that tie into movies that maybe we think you should check out or also books for uh, local creators or all ages books. So we're really going to go back into our own inventory and really start featuring things that maybe we think that you should check out that you might have missed. Sounds great. Well, Eddie, I, I, I wish you uh, safety and health, and I look forward to seeing you standing tall at Heidi Ho Comics when this is all over. We'll grab a beer and go talk about comics sometime. Definitely, and stay safe. And with that, my journey for this week came to an end. I want to thank you for listening and all my guests for taking the time to talk to me. So if you live near Arsenal Comics and Games, Anyone Comics, Collector's Paradise, or Heidi Ho Comics, make sure you reach out and help them weather the storm. And if you don't live near them, go support your own local comic shop. Our comic dealers need our support now more than ever. Give them a ring, check out what kind of services they offer, and help keep this medium we love alive. But also, I want to hear from you about your feelings on this. What are your local shops doing to get comics in your hands? How are you planning on weathering the crisis? I want to know it all. So give me a ring. Call our voicemail line 9REGGOBLIN and leave us a message with your name and where you're calling from and I'll feature it on an upcoming show. Again, that's 9REGGOBLIN to leave us a message. Additionally, don't forget to subscribe to this show, The Amazing Spider Talk, and to follow me on Twitter at, at @supspidertalk for my thoughts on all things comics and Spider-Man. And on that note, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and living by our motto that with great podcasts, there must also come The Amazing Spider Talk. That's the next installment.